Last time on Lawful Stupid and Angels Go. William and B are ready to go on this adventure uh, through the portal and save their friend, Lucian. You teleport through and you are in a location, but you can see this floating kingdom. You guys make your way through the town. You find um, a rather portly man. I'm the curator for the lowers. This is an excellent happenstance. I was actually looking for you. I'm concerned. I, I heard some soldiers, the ones who are, will be escorting the, the diamond, talking about scooping out on their transfer duty. I've got a small crew. We're going to double up the patrol and essentially keep the upper museum guards where they need to be. Here's the, the access cards for the, the downstairs. And then you hear the trumpets. <laughs> And you know that that's a call for the diamond to come up. I flash the security card that I have. Uh, sorry about the inconvenience. Thank you. I appreciate it. And then I pull Miss B along. We're going to take it the rest of the way. You guys get to enjoy the party. This is this is awesome. This is awesome. I imagine army privates. They just think it's the best that they have alcohol. They are off shift. Then they leave and go around the corner. Let's put it in my pocket and skedaddle. You make your way back to the elders chapel. Sister, you have it. She'll take out the diamond from her pocket. Is that a baby or a diamond? And he, and he takes it from you and he says, You'll have your friend back on the morrow. Lucian, you uh, open your eyes to the sun beaming through on your face to this, uh, in this elder's building. And standing above you is Will and Miss B. Told you we'd be here. Welcome home, buddy. Lucian, you were on the brink of death, and by all purposes, you were dead. And you laid in a dormant state to the outside world. No breath breathed, no life lived. But inside, you were shielded by the capture of death. A buffer of powerful means by Kinos, the god who lives within you, you serving as a host for him for so long. And he hid himself in your very essence. Something due to Nova and her schemes, apparently. But here you are, alive and well. I think that you wander around this uh, newer city portion of Angel's Cove. Not quite sure what you're looking for. Just something to take your mind off all the things you have swirling around in there. What is on your mind lately? Well, I want to answer that in a second. I do want to just address real quick because uh, it didn't come up in the other one shot. Uh, I imagine, let's, we could all imagine this for ourselves. There was a time in which Will and B were just doting on Lucian. He just woke up. They like wouldn't leave his side. Mm-hmm. They had to go sleep eventually. Meals were brought. It was very beautiful and touching. Uh, and then like they came into the hospital staff and the nurse was like, you're not allowed in here. It's only family. And then I looked at the nurse and I said, Alice, what are you blind? Look at us. That's my brother and sister. This is my family. <laughs> what are you blind? Uh, what are you blind, Alice? That's... Uh, so that happened for sure. And then when I was finally able to sneak away, I find myself on the streets um, of this fairy tale land. And uh, what's on my mind, you ask me, Devin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lucian is a man who very recently uh, became very confident and sure and resolute in his ideals because there was this one time that he died for his ideals and then afterwards he like justified and proved those ideals to his god and creator that lives inside of his heart um, and he was cool with it. So like at this point, Lucian, he knows in his heart what is true and what needs to be done and there is there is one thing that is going to satisfy that and that is power I dig it uh, because he needs to be strong enough to because he knows that he's met the gods now well at least one of them and what was he doing to help people other than taking a nap in his chest I don't know uh, but he kind of figures we're on our own at this point and instead of trying to save every single person in front of him He wants to create a world where people don't need to be saved anymore. Um, So that, I think, is what's been just going on mine, going on on loop in his mind. People have been trying to talk to him, and like I think he's been very distant, very reserved, very quiet, uh, as he's just been contemplating what dying (laughs) has meant to him uh, in his life. So 
The first thing that he's going to need to do uh, is get out of these uh, fancy duds that William got for him because these are not going to work. And uh, his old clothes uh, are both burnt to a crisp and uh, a, a badge of station for an office that he no longer feels he has a right mm. to hold. It's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, what I'm going to do is look for a magical tailoring shop. <laughs> yeah, I think it's late at night. Is this, a, is this the whole? Is, is, is Miss B doing this too? Are we all? Are you all, all going to go see? Like, I don't know. I, don't I know, can't man. tell you. I didn't expect William. I, we talked about it beforehand. I was like, and we talked about it, and the next thing I know, William's. Yeah, and you guys never even. Yeah, anymore. you didn't. You didn't include. We never talked about it. It's a secret. You did it. Uh, <laughs> it's late at night. Your favorite time, right? I think. Uh, yeah, the darkness sure. shrouds you. It's almost like a protective layer for wandering eyes. It. It, it always felt like for Lucian, there was like this big darkness, this void inside of him that he never could contend with. And they always hid for he hid from that in the light. But now that he knows what it is and that it's a part of him and it's Kinos and it's it's the way that he is like now it's like the inverse has become true, mm. not overnight, but pretty, pretty instantaneously after this ordeal um, to where just any chance he can get to like I, th- I think he sleeps a lot during the day Miss B and Will probably check on him do what they're doing their own things but uh, people around but he's just like sneaks off at night and wanders the city and thinks I love it and there, there aren't many people out um, I think you're walking the streets uh, the street lights there are street lights on uh, as you walk down these streets and small circles you know hit the ground but I don't think you walk through those. I think you stay closer to the shops and don't walk into the light as, the, as the, you go through them. Um, and there is, at this late at night, there's a single store that has light streaking out of its windows. Um, but as you approach the building, um, you realize that the windows are too high to see through, but you see that, that it's open. Um, and there's a sign over the top that says uh, clothing and items. And this building is, is like a large uh, pumpkin-shaped building, and it is green. Uh, and as you walk up, I guess into this building. Yeah, I go. For, I go in there. Yeah, just kind of moving around, very slinky, very, very kind of sulky. Um, not great, po- great posture. For Lucian Breeze would be just beside himself because uh, he taught him all these proper stances. Uh, and he walks in and just kind of like pokes his head in first. And when you when you do that, there's kind of a bell that's over the door that that rings. Um, and, and what you see first at the very back of this building is uh, several caged animals. But they don't look like they are abused in any way, but you also know that they're probably not pets. Um, and based on that, because of that, you see off to, over to your left, there's a cauldron. And there's something stirring it magically, and there's something in it as it sits over a fire. And then off to your right, there are several racks of clothing. Uh, there are some that are hanging as well that have... Uh, they seem to have been just been dyed, and it's dripping into buckets that are beneath it. And a woman standing over near the cauldron with her back to you has a black hat on. It's pointed, uh, very much a witch's hat with gray hair coming out of that, and then a, and a black cloak. And she says, what brings you out so late? And she turns to face you, and she has like an old, long nose. It's warded. Kind of like nods to her. Um, Good evening, ma'am. I'm looking for new uh, clothes. Oh, you've come to the right place. Why so late? Uh, it's quieter. Hmm. When he looks around, even all the animals are sleeping. It is. It's weird. What can I get for you? Um, I need something that I can. Uh, move around in very easily, something light, uh, something that doesn't make a lot of noise, uh, preferably uh, very dark. Hmm. Light? And she kind of pulls out, uh, she snaps her fingers and a pad pops up. She writes light, airy, um, flexible, stretchy. And she kind of says those out loud. She says, would that work? Um... Maybe not too stretched. Maybe more emphasis on loose and flowing than tight. Loose, flowy, revealing, not flexible. 
Um, okay. Um, and she says, follow me. And she walks over, and there are several things on this rack that you maybe like. So if you want to roll a perception check for me and see if there's something specific you want to pick out. Sure. I, I got to do the cool thing where I uh, I brought Lucian back from the dead on D&D Beyond. It's like a whole oh. thing. Um, yeah, felt, felt real cool. I rolled a six, though, so shaking off the cobwebs. Uh, I feel like you pick up something and you take it off, and then even before you can like think that you don't really like it, she goes, that's not for you. Uh, and she pulls uh, some other things off. Uh, wh- what are you looking for? Fancy? Casual? No simple um and i think i have an idea of what i would like to dress devin if i may you may who's devin thanks devin uh <clears throat> i will uh kind of graze across and i see this very simple like um it's just like a pair, a pair of dark trousers like a like a charcoal gray uh cloth belt that uh kind of connects it to this like loosely fitting tunic kind of uh with with uh like a mandarin collar so like it buttons oh, yeah, high yeah. up uh and then obviously it has no sleeves uh no it, <laughs> it actually has uh those cool anime where like the the bands of fabric come yes. down and wrapped and i've got i've got those cool things on uh for sleeves um but just like pretty pretty simple clothes really and then, like, um, going down into, like, uh, almost like Ninja Tabby, um, like, black, very soft-footed uh, shoes. Okay, and I think... With like here's, I think that you uh, describe this to her. Like, you, you say, this is what you're looking for. Yeah. And she kind of taps the pencil on her chin. Mm. She looks at you, and she gets real close, and she takes a sniff. I allow it. Mm. I sniff her back. Oh, well, I, I think that we can, if you're interested and we'll fill out the paperwork, have some different methods for providing you with the desired clothing. Oh, um, and then she like snaps and she says, here's a, here's a small packet and it's like a thick. And she says, if you could just flip to the back page and, and sign, these just formalities saying if you die, if you're injured, if if your family doesn't able to exist after just small things, um, you can have the nice clothing. Been there. Done that. Signs his name. She's like, oh, different packet. She gives you a one pager because you have no family. And just, just sign this one. Alright. She says, uh, um, I think he has like a moment where like he goes to sign his name and like it it's uh, it's ugly it's not doesn't Lucian Bright doesn't sit well that's hmm right that's a good name anyway no okay well uh, uh Lucian as, as you say um this is gonna be a little unorthodox but just uh, I ask you to trust me that I'm doing what's best for you. Okay. Okay. And she moves, like, the the clothing racks. Uh, she, like, pulls out a wand and taps above them on the brick, and it's like they open up. They're, they're like, attached to, like, these doors, and she says, like Diagonally. <laughs> Follow me. And you just walk into another room, and it looks very clean. It's very neat. Um, white marble everywhere. A couple columns. Uh, but on one wall are two, like, chain with uh, manacles on the ends of them. She says, I'm going to need you to put those on. Just to be clear? Yes. Because I only know what I've heard about from Breeze. <laughs> okay, who's Breeze? <laughs> yeah, we're talking is very cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're not, uh, you're not this you're not gonna have your way with me I well, in in a sense I am mm. but not probably in the way that I'm too <laughs> you think oh that's good thank you I've never been known to underestimate somebody not somebody with such a strong spirit hmm indeed she wouldn't spend <laughs> okay all right uh so this is probably gonna hurt a lot huh I think it will okay and he just like reaches <laughs> up and like manacles himself. All right. She takes off her hat, puts her hair up, 
in a bun. Um, rolls up the sleeves a little bit, and you you notice kind of now uh, even more so that she's got like this uh, light blue skin. Uh, kind of gives away that she's a she's moon elf mm. uh, of sorts. And she says, uh, "Okay, here we go." And she begins to to wave her wand in a circle, and you feel your shadow or the essence of that that darkness you've had in there being pulled out, and you actually see your shadow elongate. It's full mm-hmm. of light, but you see your light, your shadow creep onto the floor, pulling toward her, and you see the arms of your shadow grow those tendrils that you have at times, but you look at your own hands, and they're just normal. And the, the shadow is grabbing back for you, but it, she's still just waving it and pulling it and pulling it. Um, I don't know if you want to try to do anything there, but that's just what's going on right now. Um, I feel like uh, if you're a guy who knows that the strongest shadow who's ever lived, the literal Lord of Shadows, lives inside of your tummy, um, and and so, like if somebody would have like, hey, before before we go any further, maybe if I'd read the packet, I would pull your shadow out. But I'd be like, that's not a good idea. He's really strong. Um, but no, I don't have anything to help here. <laughs> I'll just watch. Uh, so and it, this hurts. This hurt. This is excruciating. Oh yeah, to yeah, you. yeah, for sure. For she sure. She says, for sure. "I'm so just hang on a little longer," and she pulls it out and she snaps her hands, and these clothes that you've you've asked for kind of appear. Um, and then she takes the wand and points it into the clothes, and the shadows pull up into the clothes and almost just fit over it. Uh, as if it was like a templated thing and the clothes begin to merge and then you begin to see um, like different constellations appear like in this clothing as if the shadow is combined with it and then she pushes it back over to you this clothing is floating over and it just appears on you and the pain stops and she uh, she like kind of points with her wand at both of the manacles and they release and as you look down, you see that on your clothes, very much like your arms were, would do when you have them out, is that you can see constantly, and you see like from time to time, a shooting star or two that will pass over your clothing. But otherwise, in the night, it blends in almost perfectly with, with the darkness. I think it's got like a little Kingdom Hearts hood. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, think I, I didn't ask for that, but I think it just comes with one. <laughs> like That's free. Product. That's free. It comes with the pouches. Um kind of like moves around a little bit like starts jumping like throwing like very fast punches doing monk shit you know uh just (laughs) doing some flippy do's just to make sure that like they fit right he goes these are remarkable and she kind of she wipes some sweat from her brow she says i haven't been able to do that kind of work in a long time it's on the house thank you You've got a power inside of you. I, perhaps you're aware of it, perhaps not. I know. Well, then you also know you can do good or do bad with it. Prefer you do good. You're wearing, you're wearing me, Francine. Mm. Tell people who you're wearing. You're wearing Francine. I will do my utmost to not bring any shame to that name. Well, um, if that's all, I'm going to rest up. That took a lot out of me. That's all. Um, and then I and think he's going to leave. Yeah, just, just heads back out into the night. And maybe, like, there's a few sneaks. There's a few back alley scurries just to, just to see what that feels like and how the clothes react to kind of the light. And I think, like, as soon as he stills his mind and tries to, like, oh, I'm going to hide, all those stars. Yep. Disappear. Like blowing a candle out. Disappear. And it's just like, ah, okay. This works. Perfect. I love that. Um, so I think you go back to your room, uh, and maybe you're a little bit more at ease with this. I don't know if it makes you feel safer having it, um, or, or what your mindset is going back to, but you go back. Um, I think you sleep a little bit. But there's something that just doesn't set right with you the sense or or rather the lack of justice um, that put you where you are now you're better off now where you are but how you got here 
just doesn't set right. And so I think, if, if you're willing, um, you it, it pops into your head a vision of some people that you would like to track down, specifically Freya, leader of the, the so-called philosophers who uh, jacked the train. Can I see where she is? Um, or who's with her? I th- let's let's roll a history check. Okay. Fourteen. Okay, that is good enough. You recall in conversations with her briefly before the fight broke out, she was trying to get you guys to come to. She said a cave entrance, uh, just a couple of miles away from the tracks uh, to the north. And so, exactly where? No, but close to that. And, and that was uh, just, you know, a few miles on the other side of Prim. So probably a two or three days journey for you. Lucian, I think, kind of like awakes from this very lucid dream of seeing this and wanting a little bit of revenge and knowing that these folks were strong and there is a good chance that they either have something that Lucian wants or needs or know something that Lucian wants or needs to know. So I think he is going to write a note. It's just going to be very simple like Miss B, Will, went out of town. Be back soon. Usually regards. Your bed. Yeah, like not even a name. Just like okay. regards goes to write Lucian. Like it's the L. Doesn't feel right. Leaves. Mm. Um, uh, I think as you sling a bag up um, onto you, the the bracer that you had on is is not on mm. you now, and it falls to the ground. But as you look at it, it seems rusted um, and even kind of maybe brittle in places. And that big, that big like shining light core that was in it is that it's gone. That that adds up. Okay, um, like I guess I I take it and I just hold it in my hand. I guess for a second, does anything? I guess you attune to magical items. Am I am I able to? Since I am attuned to it, am I able to sense any? thing from it at all? Uh, when you pick it up, you sense that, that the power has changed. That the uh, the essence of it is not the same. He'll go ahead and just like put it back on. Um, just to have it, because it's, it's, there's still something going on inside of it, so he'll keep it for now. But um, I also need to just make a quick run to the, uh, it says in my notes here, the knife store. <laughs> so I need to go to the knife store. Um, so um, what, what I'll tell you about your bracer real quick is as you put that thing on, uh, shadows seem to jump about around it, uh, coating it um, in, in like a black icker. Uh, and then as the shadows disperse, the, the shape of this thing has changed a little bit. It's more sleek, more black. And what I'll tell you is as you uh, grip a fist... A, b- a blade kind of comes out of the top of it. Hmm. Uh, short. And we can talk about what size you want for that. Um, depending on what kind of damn, but a blade will come out. Um, uh, to, I'm going to be very frank with you, Devin. I plan on throwing knives. Okay. Well, you still get this one. This will be on your arm at all yeah, times. Yeah, this is nice to have for sure. And, and something else. Does this just say it counts as a monk weapon and move on? Boom, <laughs> something else you'll will. notice as you squeezed your hand. As you squeezed your hand, the light in the room dimmed considerably mm. and as you open your hand the lights come back up oh very helpful and I think as he as he kind of like closes his fist and he sees he like really pays attention to it he can see the light going into the bracer and just disappearing and he just looks at it for a second and goes oh you're hungry okay uh, I still need to go to the knife store real quick. Let's go to the knife store. Um, I just need, uh, we'll say five daggers. Yeah, you're able to give I, the gold. They five. sell them in five packs, right? 
Yeah, they sell them, and uh, you can it's actually. It's like a. It's it's like so ironic because like you get this five pack of, d- of daggers, and it's in that freaking blister pack, and you're like, "What am I supposed to get it out with? I don't have the daggers yet." <laughs> no. <laughs> so you carry around this plastic wrapped pack of five <laughs> daggers. I, I bludgeon people <laughs> with five daggers. You get all the damage, <laughs> from, dude. Yeah, get um, all the, it's 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 five d four. Yeah, everywhere sells. You know, daggers. So you're able to go to pretty much any any little market tent and pick up five daggers. Waited for throwing, preferably, but whatever. Yeah, I'll throw them harder if they're not waited. <laughs> <laughs> a harder grunt. Well, that's how we're gonna do rolls now. It's not even rolls. It's just how much do you want it? Well, my my sensei Breeze taught me that you can key all your way through anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I say that because my kids in karate are uh, taekwondo right now. Yeah, 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 and they're always yelling like, "Taekwondo, ah, taekwondo, losers karate, <laughs> karate, but for nerds." <laughs> That's like saying D and D for nerds. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> That's implied. Um. All right, you have a mission in mind. I do. I'm looking for a cave. Yeah, I, I want to say that you... How, how do you get back to Prim? So you've got to go from Angel's Cove back down south, kind of follow the coast around to Prim. Uh, it's kind of a bustling town, a peninsula. And then from there... there I mean, are there, tra- are there trains headed out that way that I can catch? So not fr- from you, uh, from uh, up the east coast. There's or not, there, yeah. Or, there, or the, tr- the track's still destroyed? They're, well, no, they're there on that side. Remember, they... they hmm. uh, supercharged mending them yeah, yeah, so yeah, you need to right, take a, right. a horse or a cart or just by foot it didn't matter what you want to do but you you can make it to prim in a couple days i'm pretty fleet of foot honestly okay. um I'll, I'll just naruto run there great <laughs> uh you do and <laughs> it is magnificent. <laughs> uh, and you are able to make it to prim uh in a couple days and again, t- city is bustling. It's a pretty large city here as well. Uh, ships coming, ships going, and there you go to the train station if you want. Why would uh, I'm so, in Prim now, right? Yeah, Prim. But then you, uh, you, got, you I gotta got, go to the station, and then a couple miles from there is okay, or a few yes, miles so out, but pro- probably thirty minutes on a train. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're sure. Yeah, I'll head that way. And I think like just. Very grimly, honestly, like very. I think Lucian's the kind of guy that smiles at strangers, and um, well, we're not even sure if this is Lucian anymore, so <laughs> he's not smiling at nobody. Just kind of hood up, minding his business, very quiet. I don't know. I don't know if I like this. We're gonna find out. No, you don't Let's get. A, you don't get a choice. <laughs> um, you uh, get on the train. And I think you sit in the back where no one else can be behind you. Um, and you begin to recognize the scenery around. You go through the tunnel uh, that once you were fighting on top of. You come out the other side. Tunnel's coming. And you see where the track diverges. And now there's not a stop here. So you're going to you're gonna have to jump. Yeah. Not a big deal for your for your most dexterous of boys. I do a flip off of it for sure. Yeah, I think do do a dex. I have slow fall now, dude. I don't oh yeah, yeah. I don't even care now. Boom. <laughs> so you, you just adios, and everyone is. Uh, let me make sure I'm not just fucked up. Monk's fairly new to me. Uh, you get slow fall. You can use reaction when you fall to reduce any falling damage you take by thirty five. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't take that much. So I'll probably be all right. <laughs> Uh, okay, <clears throat> I think that you begin, you see the mountains in the distance, and there's not many of them, so you figure it's not going to take a long time to find this out. Yeah. Uh, do you have any skills, like like checking footprints, that kind of thing, like looking for tracks, or... I mean, everybody's got investigate. Okay, we all, roll, have, we all have access to that. Roll to investigate for me, then. We have, well, there's another guy that we play with, and he had some terrible investigate rules. Well, I have a zero to my modifier, so let's see if I can beat him with nothing more than natural talent, and by that I mean luck. Uh, no, I rolled a two, so... Yeah, and you, so you're kind of doing circles, just going around in circles, kind of starting to spot and see if anything comes up. Um, and nothing does for a long, long time. And I think finally you, you just start hitting the, the base of the mountain and just kind of walking around that. And it's, yeah. it's becoming I mean, uh, nightfall. Yeah. Or is it good dawnish? 
Dusk. Mm. Sorry, I get it mixed up. Dusk. Dusk. You find an opening, uh, but it's hidden. They tried to hide it with like uh, foliage, kind of. Throw it. It, it just looks unnatural the way it's been set up. So it, it is. You hear voices uh, coming out of the cave. I, what are you thinking now? I don't know what's going on. Like, what's your, what's your plan? Uh, Lucian's rough plan right now, as he's, he's a little fact-finding right now, doing a little reconnaissance, as you know, a little reconnoiter. Reconnoiter. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the tentative plan is go in there, kill everyone. Mm, that's a good plan. Uh, take anything that he can carry that looks good in a priority downwards until he can't carry anymore, then burn the rest. That is basically the rough idea uh, before, you know, no plan survives the first contact. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but that's the rough idea. Okay. These guys killed me once. Like, I feel no... Qual- Keep- Mama said that it was okay. Mama said that it was quite all right. Kino said it's fine. So uh, this is the sexiest solution I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, so you do a perception check for me. Yeah, you Roll got a perception it. check. It's fifteen. Yeah, you hear like loud voices, and you can't discern what they're saying. And then you hear a few grunts and then silence. Hmm. So I'm going to close my eyes for a second and focus on this darkness inside of me, just like I have in the past to use my abilities. And you see these astral arms appear, but they're Lucian sized. Mm, They're okay. just over his arms for a second, and he closes his eyes and he focuses and begins to spread. And it's kind of like leaping and dancing across these clothes that are already infused with that same cosmic essence, that same ethereal darkness kind of permeates across everything and spreads all across his body, up his neck and over his face, and kind of becomes this galactic helmet with two perpetually supernova-ing stars as the eyes mm. um, that he kind of just cracks his neck and that's, that was me casting past without a trace using two key points I'm, that's sexy I don't care you keep your key points that's freaking hey. uh, <laughs> you can what, on we, the house we call Thanks, that one that's, that's your uh, when you do something real good so inspiration inspiration there's your inspiration Oh hey! Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take the inspiration in the form of those refunded key points. I won't take inspiration yes, okay. and the key points. I'm not a greedy pig. Well, well. So you you have this um, this new uniform on, head to toe, blacked out, and you step into the cave. Um, do you have dark vision? You don't have dark vision, or I guess I I imagine. Let me just tell you what I imagine. I imagine you can see in the dark, clear as day. As if it was. I sure dead. can. Um, and you see, I can the, now. You see the warforged torn to pi- torn to bits, torn down to to nuts and bolts and wires, strewn about. Kind of the first hundred, the first fifty feet into this cave. Um, as you continue to walk in, you see uh, a couple rooms kind of carved into the rock. There are doors on these. Um, you see the one, the first one to your right has been just blasted open. It's hanging off the hinges. Uh, there is a bed in here. Uh, and you hear some more screaming coming from further back in this cave system. It's a pretty open cave system. You're not like wanted, wanting for space by any means. This warforge that was with them. Yes. was like, he's a philosopher. Right. Stripped down to nuts and bolts and there's screaming coming from the back of the cave. Yep. I'm just going to keep stealthing through and see what the source is. Yeah, and as you uh, pass through some more larger openings, uh, again, pretty elaborate cave system, it seems, there are a couple more bodies from the philosophers uh, that you see. The uh, Furbolg 
um, and the dwarf that were there. Are Say dead. their names, Devin. Uh, Furbolg was Neko, and the dwarf <clears throat> was Tex. No, Neko was frozen. Neko was frozen dead already. Yes, and she, but they they healed her. Oh, they then, brought her back. And um, her head is sitting next to her body, and then for uh, the dwarf, his arms are torn off. And one is pinned to the wall, and the other is okay. just kind of next to it on the ground. Very cool. Awesome. These are the guys who can cast the 8th level sp- train mending spells, and they have been utterly destroyed. I continue. Uh, and as you continue on, you still hear this the, the yelling or something and screaming uh, that's coming from further back in the cave. Mm-hmm. I'm heading in that direction. Stealthily. Actually, uh, I take that back. Meek was the... Furbolg, I believe. Oh, I spit on her fucking corpse. Yeah, well, and you see her dead as well. Yeah, and when I see her, I spit on her fucking corpse. Yep. Um, I keep moving. As you keep going, there, there's now um, a half-elf, you know. As She's the one who fireballed me, right? Like uh, four yep, times? One of them, yep. And killed me, and killed me dead? That Well, Meek was the one who killed you dead. Yeah, I spit on her fucking corpse. Yeah, and then Zebra's there as well. Meek, and if you're listening, this isn't directed at you. I love you. You're perfect and wonderful. <laughs> Zebra is cut in half. Uh, this was the druid uh, that had the hand scythe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Tex is dead. The Warforged, you found the body of them. Yeah, that goes well. Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver, Silver is the, uh, the dwarf I made. Mm-hmm. Um, no arms. No arms on that fella. Yeah. So everyone's dead. Sure, sure, sure. Not everybody. Somebody's screaming. Yeah, you've made it now, close to the back. And as you're as you're approaching, two other bodies are on the ground. And what you notice is that their eyes are glowing white, and that they have a creepy smile across their face. But they lay there as if they're dead. And you are and standing in front of a door that is closed, presumably where the screaming is coming from. I approach the door. Is it locked? Uh, it is locked. Mm. And these bodies on the ground, they look like the dreamers. They're smiling like that, right? Yep, sleepers, yep. <sighs> but they don't seem to be responsive. They're not moving, yep. Yeah. There's nothing else in this room of interest? Uh, kind of in this this room. It's No, it's pretty barren. There's a table maybe with a couple books on it. And it doesn't look like there's any alternate way past this door into the... Correct. It almost seems like this is the end of the cave system, and this is the last room um, that you can go into from this area. I am going to... (laughs) Uh, Use my key points again to cast silence around me and the door. Okay. And then I'm going to bust it the fuck down. Okay, and you do. Um... I think as I as I break it down, like I I grab it, like ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, as you walk in, you see that uh, Freya is been pinned on the wall with like a pitchfork of some kind, and there are two of the sleepers. Um, one is an orc, and one is a human. And they are like w- at each arm, and they're kind of pulling apart. Uh, she's able to kick one. She pulls a gun from a holster and just unloads into the human's head, uh, and he collapses. But the orc is still pulling from the other side, and she she makes eye contact with you. I would like to pull one of my freshly minted daggers and throw it right for that orc's neck. Um, and you do, and the orc lets go of the arm. Hey, Devin, real quick admin note. Yes. Are we going to do narrative combat? We, we don't have to. All right, now, bud. Okay. Hang on. Okay. You hang okay. on to your, okay. your, your skier okay. there. My britches, are, my britches are held on to. Okay. Uh, and you throw that into his neck. Um, and he, he turns and looks at you. I think I follow that up with like a running flying kick into the knife handle. Yeah, and you pushed it through his neck, uh, essentially decapitating him. Um, and he crumples. And she, and then now you're just there with Freya, who is 
got this. She's been impaled by this. This somehow through into the con- the, the the mountain uh, rock in this wall, and she's like, "Don't just stand there. Help me, please." Lucian's gonna just like very quickly smack the gun out of her hand. I know she unloaded it, but better safe than sorry. Just gonna smack that thing across the room. You don't recognize me. And he kind of like lets this energy fall away and it like reveals his face. And she goes, Lucian. I don't like that name anymore. I, I think don't. Help me. I'm please. gonna make a new one. Oh! You want help. Okay. Well, I have some advice for you. When you find yourself in the darkest place imaginable, that's when you pray to Kinos. He's the star. He's the light in the darkness. And I want you to look at me, and I like bring that energy back up. She had her head dropped, and she, she brings her head up slowly. And she's got blood coming from her nose now, and she looks you in the eyes. And I think that she just sees these two burning stars in his eyes. He goes, I am fucking Kinos. So pray. Pray for a light in the dark. And see if you find one. Help me. <laughs> he kind of laughs. I just did. And he walks away. And then you hear her say, There are more coming he like takes a second looks back I know keeps walking I'm just I'm looting shit now <laughs> I'm just taking yeah, anything you, that looks magic so I'll tell you in here you find I mean man it, there's a bunch of gold there's a lot of money there's some we can talk about artifacts later we'll give you some, uh, yeah. one or cool uh, one or two cool things um, there's like some alcoholic beverages pillows it's cast full of, of alcohol, that kind of thing. So um, I will reward you with some things um, after this uh, episode. You can talk about it later next episode. You're making your way out of this cave. Just, I, I don't know what you feel now. now. They're all dead. You didn't do it, but they're dead. And you make it out to the... Well, f- one of oh, them's wait. in the process. <laughs> one of them's dying. And hopefully that takes a while. And you make it out to the front of this cave. And it is, it's night by this time. Uh, sister moons have risen. Sun is down. But you can see clear as day. And out at the mouth of this cave, probably 200 yards in front of you, is a large crowd of people, roughly 80 to 100 of them. And. You see a tear in the fabric of reality. A scythe. I I, I know what that looks like. Comes through and tears it open. And this uh, elf. Skull Knight from Berserk. This elf uh, in this wooden armor comes through. And she says, uh, Well, this is interesting. I should say so. How can I help you, stranger? Um, no need really. I just need what's inside of you. I think his... He puts, puts his arms at his side. Come take it. And she says, that's why I have them. And she turns and she cuts another hole in through the fabric and steps through. And all these figures in front of you, and now that you've kind of scanning them, all had their head down. Several different races, different sizes, shapes, different different weapons and clothing all raise their heads up at the same time. And their eyes go white and they smile a creepy smile at you.
Let's talk about the City of Ghosts podcast. I've gobbled up episode one, and let me tell you, the quality of production, voice acting, and storyline are just simply amazing in this supernatural neo-noir drama set in the 1990s. It takes place in New York City, so it's got corruption, it's got murder, it's got all the things that haunt us. We follow the sardonic, dry, and gruff Eleanor L. Rifkin, who makes a living as an information broker, digging up dirt on high-level individuals. But it's forced into a gripping new case of the supernatural kind. Here's a short trailer for you to sink your teeth into. Can you hear me? It's 1999, New York City. Shut up! Bridget Lundy Payne stars in a new supernatural neo-noir audio drama. The voices, they're back. City of Ghosts. I understand this is beyond your usual scope. So two deaths and an attempted third. Must mean we're on to something big. Men like them have fortresses built around them. What good does sticking your neck out do, especially in this city? Still, just be careful. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Do be well, Eleanor. Ooh, so creepy. Love it. City of Ghosts, coming to you October 5th, wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. And we're going to go into narrative combat. What's narrative combat, Devin? Hey, everybody. I'm going to try my best to explain narrative combat because I was away at an exercise while the brilliant minds of Shane and Dwayne did craft this. And so I apologize if it is not um, done exactly as we intend. It will be a work in progress. So what we're going to do is we're moving this narrative combat. The point of this is to move combat in a more narrative way so we're not having that grindy, back-and-forth, punchy kind of thing. We're going to make it look cool. Um, but there are still going to be some roles that play little effects in how things, uh, actions are determined. And so what that looks like is Shane will, for example, he's going to start us off. He'll say, I want to do X. So it states the action that he wants to take. I will then tell him based on what he wants to do and based on like maybe what armor or equipment he has, what abilities he has at his disposal, the environment, all those things, what that action's impact will be if he's successful. Now, he can fail. He can roll, He's going to roll a dice based on a few different things. So uh, we have the document that we will add into the show notes that you can go to to determine your heart score, your mind score, and your body score. And just like you might think, body is related to your physicality. Mind is related to like your intelligence. Uh, and heart is related to your, your charisma, that kind of thing. So if you want to talk to somebody, uh, convince them, your different score will relate to that, that action. It's your cult of like personality. Yes. So, after he said his action, I'll tell him the impact. He'll make a roll um, and add that dice roll to his heart, mind, or body modifier, which the formula... Yeah, and no, no, big, no big crunchy numbers here. Nope. We're dealing with the D6, yep. uh, and the maximum score you can have in any ability is a 3. So, uh, real low numbers should be fast and fluid, we hope. Yes, and so that's the, we'll see. We're going to roll through it. And so, uh, based on that impact, I'll let him know based on... The, with a 1 to 2, you fail, whatever you wanted to do. With a 3 to 5, you have a mixed success, which means you do that thing, but you also take some sort of negative action to yourself. Uh, it doesn't always have to be damage. It could be to dropping a weapon or effect in the environment or you slip and fall. It could be anything. DM's discretion. And then a 6 and plus is success with uh, no penalties to the, the person making the action. Um, I get, did I get it all, Shane? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. There's more in the document. Read it if you're curious. Um, we will probably talk about more stuff as we go. So you have this this massive group of 100, but I'm going to select the first 10 or kind of your first focus is what we're going to do. Um, uh, in this, you get one action typically. Uh, you don't get like a whole, you know, if you have like a double attack or multiple. Mul- yeah. multiple. I've got extra attack. I've got... Uh, a bunch of different features, but it's all kind of be kind of baked into my end. Yes, just so the one thing. You, what do you want to do? And we're, I'm going to take that action and roll with it. So, Shane, uh, about 200 feet out, you've got your first 10 who are walking toward you um, together in a line. Uh, I think that 
so to, to using all of my combat just to, to flourish I, my goal is to take out as many of them as possible I'm going to grab a couple daggers fling them ahead of me just like into the crowd as I run forward and I'm just going to like try to roundhouse kick as many of them like as many of their heads off of their bodies as possible when I do that and my foot connects with each individual head it lights up as if the stars burn brighter in that in that moment of contact, it's very cool and sexy. You should see it in my brain. How many kicks can you make? Let's, let's let me figure that out. What, what's your goal? So uh, realistically, how many kicks can can uh, Lucian make in a turn? He you he can make a kick, uh, extra attack kick, uh, bonus action kick. Uh, so three kicks in a turn, realistically more if I were to do a heroic action to flurry of blows, but I'm Okay. Uh, I'm going to say two dagger attacks, three kicks. That's not okay. good. So you're, as you're moving forward, okay. Uh, impact will be on this particular group, medium. Okay. Let's go for the old D6 reading here. Uh, this body, I'm assuming? Yes. That's a four for you guys. That's a mixed success. Okay. Here's what mixed success looks like for you. So you throw those two daggers. Um, the, they land true in the middle of the head, and you see two of those guys fall, uh, two of the characters. You kick one in the head, and his head lights up, um, and you kick the other two, and they are able to duck, duck you, um, and you miss. Um, with that, you kind of slip and fall, but you're able to stay on your feet. All right, and so uh, three... Do I take any damage from that, Devin? Or? Uh, no, what I will do um, is you're going to take disadvantage on their attack. Okay, perfect. This is what I'll do. Cool. All right, so what these four are going to try to do is they're going to try to grab you and throw you backwards into the larger pile that they have going on. Um, they have a very low score. So. That is a one. Um, what would you like to do in order to get out? Uh, so what, what, what kind of attack is he making on me? Is he grapple. like swinging at me? Is he have a pitchfork? They're all just trying to grapple, grapple me. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that I just take him immediately as soon as he like, reaches his arm out. I like grab his wrist and then his, his his bicep and I like flip him over my shoulder into one of his buddies. Okay, and I think what so happens can... with that is as you throw him and he collides, those two you see the light from their eyes suck away into your bracer. Very cool. Uh, and those two bodies collapse. Um, your turn. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's just going to keep going with the plan. Uh, I think that as he sees these numbers kind of closing in on him, he knows that, like, oh, I'm way faster than these dudes, and I need to leverage that. So uh, what he's going to do is he's going to start, like, sprinting um, to, like, like attacking the outside of the circle, you know, like always fighting on the edge mm-hmm. and making them try to move and adjust to him. Uh, just with this, I mean, I got forty-five movement speed now. Um, Dang. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty quick on my feet. Uh, and then as I do that, I'm just you know throwing down uh, more unarmed strike. I, I think I I pull one dagger out. Um, not even unarmed strikes because daggers and short swords are all monk weapons to me. So I'll grab a dagger and then I'll make a fist and this blade extends from uh, the new Light Eater Gauntlet. That's what we're calling it, right? Yeah, the Light Eater Gauntlet. Yeah, sounds delicious. It's fucking cool. Uh, the Light Eater Gauntlet has a, has a blade that comes out, and I kind of grab the, the dagger backwards, and I just come in and start swinging on fools. How dare they? Yeah, okay, and I think wait, we want to attack, like, four of them. Is that, does that sound good to you? Yeah, as many as, 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 many as, as my little heart can handle. Actually... Yeah, it's a, I'm gonna roll D6 for it. So that's four. You attack four. Okay. Uh, body. That's uh, three on the die, so uh, five total. So okay. So again, a mix again. mixed success, and I think you're able to. Uh, I think at this point you realize that the effective means of killing these things are head or throat. You know, kind of that. Right. And also, oh, you have to remove be like, the head and yes, have to cut the head off or attack the brain. Essentially, and I had had I noticed on the previous uh, guys, like the guy I, I dagger kicked his head off, were his eyes still glowing when like the head was there? Because the because the light eater gauntlet didn't get uh, it. Roll perception was it, like, check. Still for technically me. alive. Okay. Uh, I have a d twenty here too. Uh, twenty. That's a twenty. You did. I roll the best physical dice. You knew. You you kind of know how this uh, bracer is working for you. 
a little bit. That it, that what it can do. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so I think awesome. you do a couple more stabs, and as the bracer is able to be within a certain proximity to other ones that are alive, it is beginning to suck in more and more of, of this light energy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There, okay, there's a group that is going to attempt to... Uh, he has an axe. He's going to throw it from a distance, trying to stay... Because you're, uh, you're too quick. So he's going to take his axe and throw it at you. Um, okay. I think it's going to be a... Uh, based on your decks, but it could be a medium impact. I'll just give it a medium. Um, sure. See if he does this, and he has. It is a six. So axes are pretty effective on me. So yeah. Yeah, six. He's going to take and he's going to throw that. I think it cuts you into the side, um, and you're going to take about uh, eight damage on that. I, I think it, it's it's worth noting that uh, as as this this cut appears on his ribs and it begins to bleed, this uh, this dark slush material kind of like fills in the wound and the bleeding just like stops. Like I still hurt me and I feel it, but it just stops. Uh, it's a thematic thing. It just stops. Perfect. Let me look it out. Uh, and then I said eight damage. Yeah. Got it. Cool. And then I it's my go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will. Um, Seeing that, like, kind of the more that I get them into proximity, the more the lighter wants to work uh, and, and kind of absorb that, I'm going to go for the old jump up in the air and run across their heads. Uh, like, stepping from, like, shambling yeah. zombie to zombie and, like, trying to suck up as much as this light as I can as I kind of run across the horde. Okay. Um, that's going to be, I think it's going to be high impact. Okay. It's going to, it's going to be a big one. So, uh, and I think that based on your kind of just the class, the time of day that you have, the speed, the agility, all that in your character, uh, that you would have advantage on it. Perfect. Okay. So I'll take advantage on that. And this is a body roll. Yes. Perfect. Uh, I lost one. That's uh, a seven. Dirty. I think you run across and you are able to as uh, it's almost like it's gaining momentum. The more that it's able to pull all at the same time, it's gaining momentum. And you take twenty out with that. Um, can you? Uh, can, may, can I? Can I describe maybe what that could look yes, like? Because I've got an idea for yeah. the light. Okay, so what I want to do is like I think that as he's gathering this light, like he can feel the gauntlet just like getting more and like like it's starting to hum and vibrate a little bit from all this light that it's absorbing and i think that he's gonna go up and as he does he notices like his shadow is like super elongated and stretched and he sees the 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 blade extending from this gauntlet like is especially long and he kind of like makes a sweeping gesture with his hand like in like like in an arc in a circle as he like leaps and spins above these guys and every there would be 20 in the radius uh they their their shadows that that the blade the the shadow of the blade any shadow that it crosses they just like the light just disappears and they fall over I want to take it a step further and I want to say that as you sweep across even the light the light dispels in a blade for the the entire crowd what as soon as it happens you are going to take one level of exhaustion okay um your shadow is just a normal shadow. Your clothes are plain black. But all of the all of these, this this group of a hundred stands there looking at you. As the light fades and they all fall to the ground. I think like Lucian falls down in a fighting stance, and they all fall down a second later. And like as soon as he's sure that they're clear, he also falls down, just exhausted, just wiped. And he's kind of breathing heavy, and the the, the 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 stars and shadows have receded from his face, and he just like looks down at the shadow eater gauntlet, and back over at the cave full of loot. It's a start. And that's where we're in the episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining uh, the darkest moments in Lucian's life. Uh, we couldn't have had them without you, and so we appreciate that. Um, if you want to go ahead and jump into some of the things, I guess you get, you get the honor. To. I get to do all, all of them now, right? All of them. 
Uh, so hey, first of all, what was going on in that episode? We need more fan theories, and we need Devin to not see them. So come into the Discord, <laughs> D&D After Dark, no DMs allowed, and tell me what's going on! It's cool though. I'm enjoying right, it. Buddy. So uh, uh, let me also go into Discord and tell me what you think about narrative combat, and if you have any notes or ideas or thoughts about it, let us know. We're very available to that. Uh, I want to critique it and make it cool, and hopefully you can use it in your own games to make combat a little bit more fun when it needs to be. It's it's meant to be in tandem with standard combat. I should stress that you yeah, go yeah, into yeah. narrative combat, and then maybe you go into like a, for like big hordes as we've seen um for like a heist or something you go into narrative combat it's really more like narrative initiative um because you can do any sort of thing it doesn't have to necessarily be combat anytime your players are in danger but it's really cool check it out come to discord let me know what you think about it uh also go to the store lawful stupid dot org and then click the store link <laughs> fucked you up got it got him <laughs> go there uh and you can support us you can buy really cool stuff and got stickers and uh and shirts and uh, a new line of tennis shoes shirts. there shirts are you nice. get a new line of tennis shoes is that real yeah um i think they're missing the toes part though we're still working on getting that contract <laughs> okay. sealed but so everything else shoes. is there We've got all the pieces except for the toe, so don't expect those to be on shelves uh, ever. Um, (laughs) Cool. So check out all the cool new stuff at the store. Uh, Follow us on the Discord. Follow us on social media, uh, at StupidLawful on Twitter. Uh, You'll get, like, updates there when new items come out and stuff, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But definitely the Discord. Uh, And then what else? Oh, me. Yeah, we should roll for humanity. Oh, me. Uh, It's going to be... Trigger Street for UNICEF because it's spooky season, baby! Mm-hmm. You already know it's October. It's spooky season. We love it. Look forward to Final Girl. In uh, coming three out. weeks. In three weeks, you're going to see Final Girl, our Halloween tradition, uh, come on a journey as we decide another finalist for the decade celebration of Finalist Final Girl. girl. Finalist Girl. <laughs> finalist Girl. <laughs> it's, it's Final Girl, the finalist, colon, the finalist girl. I can't wait. Uh, that's well. You gotta wait literally a decade. Literally uh, well, no, a decade. Only, only six years now. We're almost halfway there. Yeah, we're doing uh, great. So because this is before, so it'll be it'll be awesome. Uh, so yeah, come and join us for that. Uh, Spooky season. So UNICEF, uh, we love them. They do the trick or treat every year. Uh, they're gonna get. Uh, man, I tell you what, fifteen. My physical dice pe- prowess cannot be stopped. Uh, my technique cannot is too stopped. good. I, sh- I should be outlawed uh, from the communities. Uh, so you're welcome for that fifteen dollars uh, from entirely my skill from years of practice of rolling dice that I don't give to other charities. I roll them digitally. Oh no! Uh, favoritism for UNICEF because Halloween lives in my heart forever. Devin, you have a news story for me. Yes, but before I do that, I want to give a shout out to uh, Zebra real quick. Um, I just want you guys to know, and I haven't said this in. Uh, to this point in this time but Zebra has been a huge help for a lot of the story he's my sounding board for a lot of things because obviously I can't bounce that off players so I just want to thank him and also Neko at times for uh, being a sounding board for me they are also uh, some of our $50 patrons who are listening and hanging out with us all the time, making us laugh and chat. So if you're interested in something like that, uh, you can become a patron. And those are some of the things you do. Uh, we care about you. And we want you to be a part of this big world or these big worlds we've made. Good news story for the day. 100-year-old grandma gets Guinness World Record as a power lifter and continues winning trophies. Well, you see, the thing that they don't tell you is that she really just likes to work up a sweat, guys. She really just, she's trying to stay fit in her older age, and it really releases the endorphins. Uh. COVID's been tough on the elderly a lot, because they don't have a lot of people to talk to. So, it's really an inspiration to me, personally. And also, <laughs> call your grandma. <laughs> call so your that, grandma. Thank you, Avon. Thanks for, thanks for showing up. Uh, Dwayne? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so here's what they don't tell you is that this lady she it's a scam it's a ripoff artist she's got weights they're hollow they're made out of nerf swords and she's just here to rake in all that sweet endorsement money who doesn't want to have grandma energy grandma whey powder She's been waiting 80 years to bring you the most protein. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. You're always so good at that. Uh, but here's the thing, Sheeple. Uh, here's what you forget, uh, is that really the only way to attain such immeasurable strength uh, is to attain an equal amount of responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. <gasps> Who has an elderly aunt who shares the same unique genetic code as them, who, if they were to be interacted with radioactive spider <laughs> DNA, who would likely, because they already have a similar genetic disposition, also be able to survive the ordeal and gain phenomenal powers from it, including the ability to lift weights 40 times what she should be able to and made! Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Wake up, spider sheep. I think it was Dwayne. He said your Shane impression sucks. <laughs> Oh man, so good. <laughs> that was that took all of my energy. I must rest for a week. <laughs> Wake awaken me from my slumber next Monday. <laughs> I can do that. Hey everybody, uh, we thank you for listening. We love you very much. And as usual, we say We love you. We'll be bye. I just want everybody to have rainbows and ponies and be nice to their grandmother, their grandmama. That's what I do. <laughs> it's so nice to be kind to the elderly. You know, you know, you know what the coolest thing I think is? Not drugs or alcohol. Being kind to the elderly and listening to their stories. They have a wealth of wisdom to share with us. <laughs> Anti-Mark.